success in the new retirement with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. And this is the Success in the New Retirement Podcast with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. My name is Mark Owens, and it's all powered by Acute Wealth Advisors. All the information, you can find it at successinthenewretirement.com. So they call it the retirement sweet spot. It's the time after you retire, but before you have to start taking those RMDs. Now, that's when you have more flexibility to control your retirement taxes. Michael Finca from the American College of Financial Services tells Yahoo Finance. The important thing to remember is the the right approach to pulling money out of your investments is to leave the most tax efficient investments alone till the very end. So something like a Roth type of investment or even money that's sitting in investments within a taxable account that have significant significant capital gains, those are the ones you want to touch last. And you want to think about opportunities to take some of your 401k assets early as income when you're in a lower marginal tax bracket before those RMDs start kicking in. After you retire, that's when after after you retire. But what about before you retire? Damon, Matt, are there things that we could do now that might help us manage those tax obligations? Well, I mean, before you retire and those that are retired, there are significant opportunities right now to be tax efficient that, that you should be looking at, you know, again, whether you're still working in your last years of, of, of working or you've just entered retirement or you've been retired for a long time because we're sitting in a tax environment where our taxes, those marginal brackets that he's talking about, start at 10% and you don't even get out, you know, above 24% until you've made $326,000 or something right around that number. This is a time where we are paying as a culture as a country, less taxes than we have in the past. Which Yet, is surprising, right? Yeah, I mean, because we've got this national debt that is as high as it's ever been, and we keep giving more and more money. And so, you know, we're going to pay the piper at some point. And so there are opportunities, and that's one of the big things we're doing as people come in and visit with us, not only are we creating the rest of their plan about income and, and their investments and helping them with those, but looking at it and say, We've got to address taxes and see for you, are there opportunities, even for people that are that are still in some pretty high, you know, making two, three hundred thousand dollars. There's still opportunities for them to be tax efficient. And, and, you know, again, whether you're still working or retired, this is a time. This is a time to really look at that, because we do believe tax. These marginal rates are going to go up. They, they kind of have to. Yeah, if I had a group of people together and I said, hey, when it comes to investing, what are some key principles we should all be taking advantage of or doing what needs to be a part of your financial plan? One of the terms that's going to come up is diversification. It's something that everybody knows that they should do. But has your financial planner or your advisor ever talked to you about tax diversification? So in that clip, the gentleman is talking about, well, when you're in retirement, you need to, you know, potentially put some of your money that's tax free. Let the touch that last. Let that grow. Well, the only way you have money in tax free buckets is if you start diversifying your portfolio. So like Damon was saying, if we're in a low tax environment right now, it's some of the most, you know, the lowest tax brackets we've seen in about 20, 30, 40 years. And we have this massive debt that's continuing to climb. And so it doesn't take much to kind of realize that taxes are going to be higher in the future. So if you can get some money into some of these Roth accounts, some of these non-qualified accounts, some of these accounts that are going to be taxed less, now you have tax diversification. And what that means is not only will you have buckets of money that you can, you know, kind of let build and grow for down the road that are going to grow tax free. But number two is you're going to have the ability that if you need income, 
you can kind of manage where that income is coming from. So for example, let's say you wanted to have a $110,000, but the moment you made, you know, more than a hundred thousand dollars, you go into the next tax bracket. Well, how awesome would it be for you to have the ability to pull a hundred thousand dollars from taxable accounts and take that last $10,000 from a tax free account? Well, suddenly you're still getting your $110,000 of income, but you figured out a way to do it without causing that money to go into the higher tax bracket and to give uncle Sam more. And so you've created some tax efficiency, which means that more of that money that you have that you've saved up for retirement Mm -hmm. is yours to keep as opposed to paying taxes with it. And that's the key, right? Again, you could look at a 401k and if you're not careful, you could have a million dollars in a 401k. And if you're not paying attention to it, it's really only worth like, you know, seven, $750,000 because you have to pay tax on that. And so what if you could do some things to make that account worth 800 or $850,000 because you pay Uncle Sam less, which means you get to keep more. Well, that's like getting an extra $100,000 of return on your portfolio. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the bottom line is tax diversification, tax efficiency. How do I spend this money and get to spend it on the things I want as opposed to having to give it away to Uncle Sam? I'm guilty of this. As we get older, we get forgetful. We forget about the passwords, our emails, names, and those multiple 401k accounts. You know, I've had to reset, Damon, I've had to reset the password three or four times because I have two or three dead accounts from old jobs. But for some reason, I don't think they're a big priority, which I know they should be. And this is when you get mad at me. You're welcome to. But there was a story in MarketWatch says that there are 24 million forgotten 401k accounts. And that holds $1.3 trillion in assets. That's not good. So if we have these dead accounts, what's the first move that we should be making? If somebody came up and you can and lecture me too, I'm, I'm ready. It's okay. I can take it. <laughs> well, we'll talk about your timeout afterwards. Oh, yes, sir. Sorry. <laughs> you know, if somebody came up and said, Hey, I've got $2,000 I want to give you that you can add to your accounts. Nobody's going to say no. Mm-hmm. I mean, not one person, but I, we meet a lot of clients that have these orphan, we call them orphan 401ks. And um, we've even found, I think our, our most famous story is Matt found uh, an old account for somebody that had a hundred grand in it. She didn't even know of, which was awesome. And, and that was a fun conversation. But a lot of people have these, you know, in today's day and age, people don't work 30, 40 years at the same employer. But they, they go in and they might have worked somewhere, especially early on in their career, two, three years, and they put money into 401k and then they started the new job and it was, you know, a hassle. And, and back then there was, you know, a thousand dollars in it. Well, now maybe it's 10,000, maybe it's $20,000 that have accumulated and it's in some mutual fund, right? Which probably is expensive, that probably has more risk than what you need at this stage of your life. And so there's there's a lot of money potentially out there for people that's not doing what you want it to do and is not part of your overall plan that could be working for you. Mm-hmm. And, and so consolidating and making that simpler and, and combining and, and is a lot of what we're doing with people and helping them gather those in and make them work for them because, you know, $2,000 in, in five accounts, you know, that's 10 grand right there that, you know, someone would like to have. And, you know, sometimes we find a lot more than that, yeah. but taking care of your, your, your orphan ones and your current 401k and making sure that it's not just left like it was 20 years ago when you started investing. You know, you're probably a lot closer to retirement. If you're going to come and see us, you're 50 and older. 
And now is the time to look at those things and say, do I need to be adjusting my risk level? You know, because I'm a lot closer and I don't have the time that I used to, to make up for a 2008 downturn or a COVID downturn or whatever. Is there a specific time that's better to really retire? Because we talk about, ah, there's an age where she, you should be retiring, but Money Talk News ask an interesting question. Is there a best time of year to retire? So let's say I want to pull the trigger sometime in 2022. So does it matter if I want to leave work around the beginning of the year, the middle of the year, wait till year's end? What do you think, Damon, Matt? What should I be looking at at a time of the year to retire? Does that matter? Well, there's all kinds of things to look at. I mean, sometimes I have one client that they're waiting until March of this next year to retire because that's when the bonuses for the previous year are paid out. And so they didn't want to leave and miss out on a bonus. I have a client right now that called in because they had heard our podcast, had listened to us a bunch of times, and we've been meeting and done everything online, uh, setting up their accounts and kind of deciding what we're going to do. And he's actually going to retire a lot sooner because what he found out is the calculation that they use to determine his pension payout, that that is expected to go down, which means that he's going to get less money from his pension if he continues to wait. And so he was going to wait until the end of the year. But what he found out is that his pension amount, that lump sum that he'd get would be about $50,000 less if he waited then. And so he was kind of like, well, it doesn't make sense for me to work for the next three or four months and make 30 or 40 or $50,000 and then just have my pension be $50,000 less based on the calculation they're doing. And so for him, he's going to retire sooner. And so I think for every single person, it comes down to say, okay, what's your medical coverage? You know, what are the benefits that you'd be sacrificing if you left? And then look at your overall financial situation and make sure you're prepared. And then once you've got that all dialed in, then at that point, it comes down to, am I ready to, you know, be done with work? Do I want to go to a part-time position? Is this kind of a, I'm ready to do this? And once you've made that decision, then then execute the plan. And again, it's critical to have that plan in place before that time, because most people are not going to be willing to actually pull the plug and retire unless they know that they've got their ducks in order in those other areas. Um, so they can know that they're secure financially, that they're prepared. And then obviously they can make that decision and, and do it at the timeline that, that makes sense for them. Thanks for listening. Want more from Damon and Matt? Check out successinthenewretirement.com. And while you're there, drop us an email with your questions. Investment advisory services offered through Acute Investment Advisory, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through its affiliated company, Acute Wealth Advisors, LLC. Tax and or legal advice is not offered by either company or their affiliated companies. Consult with your tax and legal professionals for guidance on tax or legal matters. The information presented should not be viewed as personalized investment advice. All expressions of opinion are subject to change. We are not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.